All right, we're back uh, for season two of Inappropriate Earl. We got picked up by the networks, and uh, a lot of great guests have come on. Stephen Piercy from Rat, Tani Katane, Bobby Brown, and then a bunch of comics you've never heard of before, uh, and a couple other uh, mid-level people. But today, you've heard of this comic, because uh, she's what they call in the business a real up-and-comer. Uh, you've seen her on Chelsea lately. Uh, she produced uh, shows on Impractical Jokers. Got, got a few film credits. Comedy Store, a staple late night. P- please, fans of Inappropriate Earl, put your grubby little sausage greasy fingers together for Annie Letterman. That's an intro, right? I like that you picked up my IMDb. Uh, well, I try and do research. That's so funny. And a lot of people... Those credits me. are so weird. Well, a lot of people accuse me of having girls on this podcast that I've either slept with already or want to sleep with. And I want to get this out of the way right now. There's no sexual chemistry between no. you and I. Zero. I mean, well, I think once I rejected you so hard that you just kind of like moved on. Well, I did because the first, I don't know if you remember this, but the first <laughs> night I met you, you were at the comedy store in the manager's office. I walked in, you were talking to Adam. Who's now the talent coordinator? Thank I know, God. lucky me, right? Well, <laughs> glad you know. I was nice to him. I can be a real cunt. I was very nice to him. But that's why I liked you. You looked up at me and you were like, "Who are you?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm a comic." And you gave me the most dismissive look, of like, <laughs> "Oh, you do comedy?" <laughs> like it was unacceptable that a man. Well, who... you did have your dick out. Let's not forget that important part. But you asked to see it. Never. Don't spin lies. Don't spin your web of lies. Well, I am uh, a comedy store uh, savant, so that so is Boone, but that's okay. And Boone's a homeless transsexual who steals things and sells them for a dollar. Here's the thing, though: I feel like you do mangina more than Boone does. Well, you know, as being <laughs> a uh, a late night comic at the store, uh, the store can have a strange atmosphere. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And. I'm not. I'm in a weird position myself. I'm not like you, a paid regular. So I have to do what I have to do <laughs> to get laughs. So I I do the Buffalo Bill thing just to go. Oh, he's pretty funny. Is the do you do the mangina part or the skinning people part? Both. There's a couple of comics I would like to skin up there. I feel like Tommy would have passed if you were skinning. You know, and, and I want to get your thoughts on Tommy. Uh, you know, the, uh, we did a, a podcast where Matt Edgar and Amy Hawthorne. Uh, probably one of the more popular podcasts where we broke it down. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of in the middle on Tommy. And to, for those of you listening, Tommy was the talent coordinator who was dismissed recently. Is this so boring for people to hear about? I always it's feel not, like podcasts though. are so like there's like this niche of people that like want to hear about me. It's like they want to hear, but they're like, "What did you? So what did you do today?" <laughs> it's like so boring. But I don't think it is because I think it is interesting to us. I like love it, but I'm always wondering if people give a shit. Obviously, if you said it was your most popular podcast, people do care. Well, it was uh, other than the Stephen Piercy podcast. I know you're too young to know who he probably is. I am 14 years old. I have no clue who that is. You I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, into young chicks. You know, the tits are right on on point with that. You got great. I have 14 year old boys boobs. Yeah, but you have great tits for, for a girl your size. Oh, my God. I don't know what. Th- you're a small girl. I mean, this is insane. Listen, Earl, you're a fucking personal trainer or whatever the hell you are. 
you constantly are like, no, you're not that bad. And I really don't believe it. I don't buy it. For someone who like pumps iron at the gym all day, you have to look at me and be like, this is a big boned person. She's thick. It's not on purpose. I don't think you're thick. I mean, if this whole podcast is you just telling me I'm not thick, I will be on it every week. Yeah, but people, they want to get to know you. Like <laughs> They see you on Chelsea lately. Uh, not anymore. Well, I mean, you know, it had a nice run. Yeah, I had a good run on it. It had a good run. But you don't really get exposed on that show. Yeah. Like It's just you, you do the jokes and then it's, you know, uh, that's it. People want to know about your tits and, and what kind of guys you bone and, you know, how you like the L.A. versus New York scene. This isn't like, uh, you know, Carson Daly interviewing you. I get to the nitty. I'm doing that next week. That's well, so funny. Uh, well, can you give him my reel? <laughs> I will. I'm gonna. That's my whole interview is gonna be me like pointing out your reel to him. I mean, you know, I, at this point, I'd be happy to get on Byron Allen's gig. I'm also doing that in two weeks. I'm having quite a month. <laughs> I just need. To, well, you're having a better month than I am. I'm on the cover of LA Weekly as the house racist on roast battle. I mean, that's great. Did they put your Twitter handle on it? Um, no, they said my name a few times. It really drives me fucking crazy. Everything should have everyone's Twitter handle on it. And you have like 18,000 followers. Uh-huh. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm uh I'm slowly building. I had a lot. I think most of them are from when I was on Opie and Anthony. Uh and I used to open for Jimmy, so he would retweet me. Jim Norton. Yeah. And so most of them for that like a, a couple not like not too many from Chelsea. I got a little from At Midnight. Like it's weird the things you get them from. But so most of them are Opie and Anthony, which means I get a lot of I'm going to jizz your glasses off your face comments. Yeah, but I mean, I I would uh, I would take those uh, followers. I feel like you would you and those people would get along really well, actually. <laughs> and you've got the glasses for them to jizz off. I mean, I would. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would get to that level, uh, you know. But I I, I only have thirty two hundred followers. Ooh, I gotta go. Really, that is a bummer. Yeah, but it's a popular podcast. You know, I'm one of the top thirty eight hundred. That's good. Good for you. I'm right behind. Uh, I think Dean Del Rey's <laughs> and uh, a couple of thousand other people. I mean, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. If you just compare yourself to Dean Del Rey all the time, that's kind of like a fun. But he you was and my. Dean have like a rivalry. Oh no, we're actually we did a podcast together. Oh, and then you broke off. Well, I was t- to be honest with you, uh, I just got too lazy to drive to his house in the hills. Oh, his house is in the hills. Is yeah. he rich? I mean, you know, he, he he's kind of like me. He's a secretive guy. I am so fucking sick of you rich pieces of shit. Comedy is for the poor, the troubled, the miserable. I agree. I get so jealous of... There's so many people I know who, like, whose sister's married to someone or, like, something weird is going on where they, like, came in to comedy with, like, support. I'm like, what is it like to be, like, supported and rooted for? <laughs> it's, like, But you could crazy. see... We're uh, coming from a semi, not wealthy background, but uh, whatever, Mid- upper middle class, I would say I am. Oh, my God. It hasn't held my comedy. Well, your comedy stinks. We all know that. But and you- <laughs> <laughs> it's well, garbage. I mean, it's okay. You've got a good personality offstage, so eventually, I'm just kidding. I no, no, but see, that's what I love about you. Most <laughs> girls, you would be kissing my ass. My ass. I mean, does that really happen? No, not they really. like see you at the roast battle and like he's so racist let me yeah. get that dick i mean you know i, I don't know i i mean i i've done all right for myself at the comedy store you know i do okay yeah you've put in what 20 30 years over there <laughs> it feels like <laughs> it i mean i you'd think i would have bonded with tommy tommy was like interesting going back to that because he 
he was like really nice to me. I mean, he passed me right away. Like I kind of, I always said this about the comedy store. Like I love to be a part of it. It felt really good to move out here and kind of have this like community already. And um, I was very grateful to get passed right away. I know that it like probably pissed so many people off. And, Not really. Um, but I'm sure it did. Like people that like, what, I mean, I just, he just, I mean, I didn't have to like do any of the stuff. And I know that I came in right at the right time where I had just gotten a bunch of TV credits and I was kind of like had some heat. So it worked out for me. But I always say this, like if I had to have auditioned twice, I would have hated the fucking comedy store. I'd be like, fuck this place. Like just like I would have been so pissed off. There's so many, I mean, I know so many like great comics who are so successful, who I, you know, who I really looked up to in, in New York and who come out here and they can't get passed. And I know it pisses them off that I'm passed, but. Well, but I mean, at least with the L.A. comics, I don't think one person was like, she shouldn't have been passed. I mean, you're really funny. So I think some of his other uh, uh, passings were uh, maybe, you know, not looked upon so favorably. There are a few people I go on after where I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, there's nothing worse than going to the comedy store, looking at the lineup and going, ooh, this could be interesting. And then um, it's like a great room and you're like, oh, maybe this is going to be a great night. And then that one person before you goes up. Usually what happens is they're like late or something. And so you're about to walk up for your, you're like, oh, I guess I'm just going to go up next. And right as they're bringing you up, that person will like come in and then they will just be so shitty and horrible that the whole audience will walk. And then you're like, well, <laughs> crushed dreams, crushed on this set. But and then you have to dig yourself out of their hole. You, but it's not even about digging yourself out of the hole. It's just kind of like dealing with the disappointment of the idea that you were like, just about to go up and usually you like imagine yourself having or like even if it's a bad set you're like or a bad show you're like i'm gonna be the one that turns it around and then you just fucking first thing he says just eats it so hard that you're like this is gonna be interesting i mean no go ahead ahead. i know i was gonna say i mean it's you just have to do like crowd work a lot in that room it's really fun i love it i like that room because i've said this on stage before where i'm like i can't when i open it i'm like i can't promise that you guys aren't gonna see someone's asshole tonight like you might see someone's di- like dick, their asshole. And I, I asked, I was like, has anyone been here before and seen someone's asshole? And one girl raised her hand. She's like, I didn't, but someone did show me their pubes on stage. It was probably me. I'm sure it was you. Do they let you on the stage? You know, every now and then, I, you know, Don Barris. Don Barris will let you come up, play the air guitar. I mean, it's not really, uh, you know, I, I take what I get there. No, nah, I know. You know, I mean, I remember once auditioning for Montreal, and I did okay. I didn't get it. And Dalia walked up to me and said, dude, I didn't even know you did comedy. <sighs> and he was being very nice. He was like, he's, you know, he was being complimentary. That hurts, though, doesn't it? Well, at, t- at 10 years in, it's not really the angle I was looking for. Well, I get people, since I moved from New York to here, um, I get people who will tweet at me. They're like, do you still do comedy? And I'm like, ouch. Yeah, I just don't live in fucking New York anymore. I'm just like not at... The clubs that they used to see me at. But it's really, I mean, its they don't even mean it as an insult ever, I don't think. And why did you move? Did you feel you accomplished everything you could in New York? And Yeah, I just thought, I, you know, I'd just done it all. And I just, you know, I was the best comedian there. <laughs> and I had to leave because I was just killing it. So I, no, 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 not at all. I, um, I was doing Chelsea like every three weeks. So I was flying out and I was kind of just breaking even with the amount of money I was making. So it just made more sense for me to move out to L.A. And I was going to come out for pilot season anyway. And so I just I just decided to move. But then it was like a little bit rough because I still had my apartment in New York for a while. So I couldn't afford a place. And I was like staying at so many people's houses. And then I was like staying in my car. I mean, it was like a real shit show. Because I think people think that if you're on TV, 
you're just the gates open the money I'm, and like i you know just you saying that i was like well but you were on chelsea like every couple of weeks and like i mean i'm i don't feel comfortable saying how much i made but oh no i'm not asking <laughs> but i mean no 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 i know but i'm but i'm just saying i mean it was like it was like sag half a day rate type of thing but i mean do you, you get more road work like right you know you know what happened i think i'm not sure what happened if it was just that that towards the end it wasn't as popular like the people that first started out in doing chelsea like the joe coys and the um whitney's and, and the yeah exactly the whitney's like i think they came in in, in the beginning like because it was the chelsea handler show first and then they switched it all up and they made it chelsea lately and so like i think when that really hit um those people got tons of right. like a huge following and then as the years went on they had so many people go on the show and do you know they do one show and then chelsea wouldn't like them or the producers wouldn't think she, they were a good fit or something and then they wouldn't be asked back but then when their agents send them out on the road they package them as an, a chelsea lately comic so then people will show up and they'll be like i don't even know this person so i think the chelsea lately credit kind of got a little diluted or maybe they're just what there weren't as many people watching or maybe they just didn't give a shit about me being on it <laughs> i mean that's what i always felt about say the last comic standing mm -hmm. like you had people who were shown bombing on the blooper reel and they would use it as a credit so like yeah when someone like say eliza would go out it's like you can't use the same i mean she won yeah it. she won the thing but i think i think people just want you know the credits are for us so that we can get on stages and stuff i mean i guess i guess for road work it sort of helps but i think that's just trying to trick the club owners into headlining you it's not really like you're a draw or you're not a draw i mean just saying you were on a show is not enough they have to have seen you on it and remember you from it right. if uh, that's going to draw you when you headline what what is the most uh used credit chelsea chelsea like I had, um, I did uh, American Comedy Company like three or four months ago and they, uh, Chelsea lately was bigger than my name on the thing. <laughs> and then what was so amazing was that um, my, I really learned what my target audience is and it is like bull dyke lesbians. Like, I mean like women who like look like boys, like filling the entire that's my San Diego audience. I know I seem very dikey. No, no, you have that. Look, you're too pretty to be dikey. I mean, do you remember when he was like, "There's no sexual anything." He's got a boner and he's like aiming you're, it wait, at me. <laughs> but I think of you as like a sister. Like even if you said, "Earl, let's get it on," I don't think I could do it. I mean, okay. Do people say, "Earl, let's get it on"? I mean, do you bang women your age? No, oh, they're too old. <laughs> you gotta hit the youngins. I agree. I date younger guys. Well, I mean, I I date uh, younger girls because they seem to have daddy issues. Yeah, no, that's good. And I mean, I you know, you know, I could take care of business when I have to. I like to be a mama. I like to take care of my boys. Now, have you ever been with women? I got fingered by a girl once, and it was actually post grad, so everyone was really worried about it. <laughs> but uh, it was just this girl that I was like friends with who. She like looked like a boy and everyone like thought I was dating her. And I used to, when they would ask me, I'm like, no, it's Pat. That was my joke. It's Pat. This was when I was like super alcoholic in Santa Fe. And so I hung out with her all the time and I was dating this, um, this kid. God, I mentioned him on every podcast and he always listens to it. This guy, <laughs> I don't know why I just randomly bring this guy, up, but he, this bartender, I worked at, I was a bartender at one place and then there were like, there was a bar, like two bars down and I dated the bartender there for a little bit. 
and uh or not i've fucked him and um (laughs) so he was like we both were alcoholics but i mean he was like like a like the op like just the worst type of guy that i could imagine in that situation and uh so he i remember him showing me um the video two girls one cup oh great video and uh but he like she my lesbian friend was always like kind of planting seeds as they do as they tend to do there's a lot of lesbians who love straight girls i love to turn them so she planted a seed and she would always be like you know maybe the you know i'm like i just never thought i was gay i've never even thought about it. i've never even imagined being a lesbian and she's like well maybe that means you are a lesbian and i'm like drunk i'm like maybe you're right maybe that is it and then so She's like always saying, she's like, come on, girls are better. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Shut up, dummy. And then I remember I'm with her and she's saying that. And then he calls us into the office and shows us two girls, one cup. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let this girl finger me tonight. And then I was bored by it and I didn't really like it. And it went no further. It went no further. I wasn't into it. You like dick. I like dick. Now, do you find uh, traveling a lot? You, It's hard for you to... Do you want a boyfriend? I have a boyfriend. Oh, there you go. That shows you the research I do. Yeah, I have a boy- I've had a boyfriend for a little over a year. And what uh, line of work is he in? He um, runs sound. For like uh, a music? Uh... For at a comedy club. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, let me see. No one really runs sound at the comedy store. <laughs> what so... if it's Jeff? <laughs> well, if it's I'm Jeff. I'm fucking Jeff. Uh, well, Jeff Scott is the piano player at the comedy <laughs> store who... Uh, you know he's he's keeping it real uh he, he's uh but we'll get into well i mean you know i'm assuming it's the improv yeah i don't know i don't get a lot of time at the improv so i wouldn't know who it is but i mean uh, where do you get time i mean uh Rose battle i would well yeah basically uh let me see where i get uh well when rob schneider takes me out with him just wherever he's yeah. at like hermosa yeah, he let me. He gave me a guest spot once. He's really nice. He's super cool. Uh, he's really nice. He just I like befriended him on Twitter, and he was just so nice. It was really good. Yeah, no, he's uh, like uh, doing his own thing. He's doing his own TV show yeah. now, and like he put me in it. I can't act for shit. Yeah, he wanted me in it, and I was like, I was so done with pilot season at that point. I was like so fucking over it. I had just been. I mean, I was like, so, it sent me to such a dark depression. I mean, I didn't even think that I was like could be affected by outside things that much and then i was like yes pilot season's over and then he reached out to me about this part that he wanted me to do and i just was started getting these like really bad cluster headaches i don't know if do you know what they are i mean i get migraines cluster headaches are like similar to migraines in that they're like one side of your face like my my teeth would hurt my behind my eye would hurt my temple and then like up like a little like near my jaw so bad um they're called like suicide headaches because you just like want to kill yourself um but you get them like several times a day so i would get them at like specific times like maybe three times a day and i they go into remission for like two or three years i've gotten them before my dad gets them they're mostly in men so of course i get the men's headache disease um but i just couldn't i couldn't do it i like i auditioned for him once and he was like come back in and be better (laughs) pretty much i mean i really didn't i mean i just didn't i just couldn't even i just was so defeated at that point and just was so sick i was like sick and um and then i couldn't go back in i couldn't leave my house during the day because i was if i got a headache i couldn't like drive or do anything well it's funny i think the part you probably went out for is uh, the girlfriend of the assistant mm-hmm. because that was the the scenes i had was her blowing me behind a weed counter oh see i'm so glad sometimes things happen for a reason you get cluster <laughs> headaches so you don't have to pretend to blow earl that was a great scene and uh it was like the chick she worked in the 
store? Yeah, she worked at the dispensary. I was like the asshole boss. Okay. And then, uh, you know, there was a whole... It would have been so... I mean, it would have been really fun. I just, I like, I just was so sick. And then I was looking at like the shooting schedule and I wouldn't, I just, with my headaches, I, there's no way I would have been able to do it. It was pretty hardcore. I mean, I know, uh, I think they did eight episodes all just back to back yeah. to back and uh, he's doing it all on his own. Yeah, good for him. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he kind of got fucked over by CBS yeah. and... Uh, you know, I he just said, fuck it, I'm going to do yeah. my own thing. And, and why fucking not? If you have, like, the money and you you have the the following or whatever, do it. Yeah, yeah, no. So hopefully I think it'll be on Netflix or something. We could have had our screen debut together. I mean, yeah. I, we have a chemistry. It's it's definitely there. But you said something to me. You were like, you were like, <laughs> you're like you should do the podcast because we hated each other so much in the beginning. Well, I wouldn't say hate. I, I just, think that's so funny. I think that we... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I thought you were a cunt. Uh-huh. I was like, well, who is this girl Flattered. from New York? <laughs> Comes out here. Her shit don't stink. <laughs> it has this, uh, you know. I also am like slightly Asperger's. So I was like on the spectrum. So I don't um, like emote with my face as much as other people. So it like really plays deadpan. So I've just like rolled with that. But people be like, I love your like dead. I'm like, I just like don't. <laughs> I can't really like show that much emotion with my face. But I. I think what turned it for me was I saw you go on late one night and, you know, you're talking about your pussy and like, I was like, wow, I could get behind this girl. <laughs> like she's Wow. So people have never heard my comedy are like, all right. We no, know what she great. is. <laughs> Do you have an album on iTunes or anything? No, 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 I don't. I don't have an album on iTunes, but you can see me on Last Call with Carson Daly next week. Oh, you really are doing I Carson I really am. Daly. Oh. All of those things are true. It's oh, I so thought funny you were just kidding. No. Now, what show does Byron Allen have? Comics Unleashed. I think he has so many shows. I think I'm the only comic who's never been on Comics Unleashed. Well, get on it. I'm trying. I, I, pretty soon they're going to run out. That's my whole goal. Yeah, obviously. They asked me to do it. Well, I'm behind you in the pecking order. That sucks. Like, maybe Montreal. I think I'm going down in the pecking order. Well, if you're near me, you are. Are you going to Montreal this year? No, no. I didn't get... Uh, well, uh, no. I, I, got, I got bummed out. I tried out like four years in a row and... Have you done it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I that's the, like the Super Bowl of comedy. I did the. Why well, did the unwrapped? And I like flipped out. I, <laughs> I had such a. I bought. Okay, this is the whole thing was like I auditioned. I was like two years in. Right. Maybe three. Um. I, I auditioned my like first or second year. My first. I had been doing comedy like a year and a half, and I auditioned, which is so early to audition and you know got on their radar or whatever and then the next year i just like i had really busted my ass in new york you can i would perform 20 i would do 20 sets a night i would do mics i would until i got shows and then when i left new york and came out here i was doing about five shows a night they weren't all good shows but i was consistently doing the most comedy i could so in that one year i really um i guess i had progressed a lot and they had kind of been like courting me for the unrepped I made sure to not sign with anyone so I could do the unrepresented group. And then, so my callback was like a little shaky. Like it just wasn't, it didn't go as well as my original set. And it just was like, I was just bummed that it wasn't as good as I could have done. And so I like found the book. I found the guy who books Montreal. Like I tracked him down at like a bar before that he Robbie left. That Robbie guy? Um, I Ro talked to Robbie too, but, but uh, Jeff. And I tracked him down and I was like, I want to go this year. I'm not going to need it next year. I want it this year. Like I'll kill like just so confident, right? Like 
ignore that sad. I'm going to fucking destroy. Right. Just like an event. And they did end up giving it to me. And then, and Robbie had been like, do you want to wait a year? Would you rather go like a year? But I'm like, no way. I want this year. This is it. <laughs> and then I bombed so hard. <laughs> I ate it so hard and totally would have benefited from another year. But, um, I did get a lot, even having bombed, I got a lot out of it. And I think that, that people uh, like almost everyone bombed on my, my lineup. And it wasn't like we didn't bomb, like some people bombed to silence, you know, but we just had shaky sets. It was like, it was a rough show. It, you know, it was later on in the night after a bunch of other shows, it was all industry. There was just no regular person there. And those are the worst type of crowd. Yeah. They just like were, they were watching you. They weren't enjoying it at all. So like one kid killed, which sucked. It like ruined all of our lives because it was we were like, oh, everyone's going to bomb <laughs> Joe Mackey, who was just on Last Comic Standing, who's so fucking amazing and funny. Thank God it was him because you can't there's nothing hateable about that guy. And he was just crushed so hard. I remember it was all industry and Howie Mandel. Oh, wow. And I remember getting off stage after like bombing and like feeling like I'd ruined my career, like being like, well, that's it. I'm like two and a half years in. My life is over. And just looking at Howie Mandel and being like, what the fuck? Why is Howie Mandel watching this? And uh, But it was fun. Everything was fine. Um, but I think a lot of people bomb and don't, they don't talk about that. They just pretend like they did well, which maybe is what you're supposed to do. I think like that's Los Angeles. Like oh. Los Angeles is like, just like fake it till you make it. Pretend you're doing great. New York is like, you better fucking tell the truth because if we find out you're bullshitting. It's more real. You're done. So I struggle out here with that a lot. Because there's a lot of phony people. In oh, I can't stand it. People like will list their credits to you. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, I noticed during the roast battle shows, the New York uh, comics who judge it, like Hannibal or uh, uh, not uh, Patrice O'Neill, uh, Corey Holcomb, uh, they're very uh, honest and opinionated. Yeah. And, like some of the L.A. comic judges are like, oh, that was great. Yeah. So... I just remember when I when I judged it, I was just like, the pro the only pro I think the best part about roasting that sometimes gets overlooked in those roast battles is just if there's no friendship between the people, it's not as fun. Roasts are so fun when you're friends with the person because you fucking can destroy them. You know, you know exactly what's gonna like really hurt them. Because <laughs> it's a sign of respect. Oh, and it's the best. So it's just like the one I judged. The girls just it just seemed really like they fucking hated each other. See, like, I kind of like it. When, when yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's definitely like. Hatred's fun to watch. I mean, I you could tell me you're going to cut my legs off if I don't stop talking shit and I'll fucking army crawl around. Like you and I would be a good Ross cuz I I, I don't know enough now. about you though. I don't I mean it's like like I um I've like helped write on some roasts for like like they did the Anthony Bourdain roast. I helped my friend was on that. I wrote some jokes for her. And uh you know, I can do them if it's like people that I'm not supposed to know at all or like my friends like I, I'm sad I missed Dan St. Germain's roast because I was out here right. but I wrote I gave a bunch of jokes to one piece of shit who did you say anything about Anthony Bourdain's alcohol face I mean that guy um t I said uh all of his recipes have 12 steps <laughs> I mean that guy loves his booze. and then I, what did I have one I had one about um Rachel Ray and Artie Lang was on it and it was uh uh Rachel Ray your weight seems to fluctuate so much um i wonder has who has more scars on their stomach you from liposuction or Artie lang from Artie lang <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Artie's right after uh, you try to kill Artie's him. looking a little rough but i think he's better from what i understand yeah he seems to be doing better so what's next 
in the world of Annie? Um, I'm on the new season of Girl Code. And what is that show? Like someone was talking to, about that to me the other day. I didn't really know what it it's, was. It's um yeah, it's funny. It's like it's super popular between like for like girls who are like 13 to 15. I don't what? know what the exact demographic is, but it's super popular amongst them and then not amongst other people. So like I have some friends that have been on it, you know, for for a while and they'll just get stopped by like little girls and then other people have no clue who they are. Now, you strike me as someone that might be a little too edgy for a show about or that's that demographic. I mean, are are you told to clean it up? No. They don't care. They just bleep it out. You can say pussy and stuff. Now, uh, now what did you did you produce Impractical Jokers? Um, I think they call it producer. I mean, I helped write jokes and stuff. Oh, okay. But I think that they on reality TV, they have to call that a producer. Did you like doing that? Um, I actually had a really crazy experience writing there. I only wrote there for like three weeks. I love the dudes on Impractical Jokers. I love, but that you're asleep. <laughs> no, I love it when a guest talks a lot because people don't want to know about me. I'm not successful. Be- people want to like know someone who was on a successful show like that. You know, they want to get the real. Yeah, I mean, I feel. I mean, I feel bad like talking. I don't want to like tell too much info about people or whatever. I mean, I'll keep the names out. But I mean, I love those fucking dudes. It was so fun. I don't know if Casey Jost is still writing on there. He was like the head writer after I left. He's the best. He's so cool. I mean, you know. It was a uh, real dream team. I love a girl like you who talks a lot. People want to know about you. Not me. Didn't you just say that? Yeah, but it was worth repeating. (laughs) Now, what are your thoughts on Joan Rivers? I loved her. I loved Joan Rivers. I think it's a bummer she died like that because I never, I hadn't really watched Fashion Police ever. I don't care about fashion. Um, and I was watching the, uh, I just randomly put the TV on and it was the like three hour episode or something, hour and a half that they did on like the VMAs. It was literally her last show that she did. And I was watching, I was thinking, holy shit, this bitch is 81 years old and she is like going to go for She's going to keep going for like 10 years at yeah. least. Like there's nothing that's going to stop her. So when that happened, I was like, oh God, that sucks. You know, there was just no... Um, there was no way she was going to be done comedy in the next 10 years. I mean, uh, who are some of your comic, uh, do you have anyone in particular you look up to? Um, uh, other than me, I hate this. I don't know why I hate this question. I mean, obviously Norton was like, really, it was great to go on the road with him. Um, I love his what he says it's like he always he said to me before like he's like the thing that we have in common is that we like tattletale on ourselves on stage right you know i like that and i like how he will um he just reveals hit the shit that's crazy about him to like and then people are just not that people can like directly relate with like pissing on people or whatever but they like have whatever they're pissing on people is or getting peed on i can't remember which one he likes he's the real deal yeah he's great he's great and um i love david tell I don't know him at all, but I, you know, Skanks for the Memories is like my favorite album. He judged the roast battle one night. It was oh, he did. Funny. He's great. He's he, so good. He didn't. He looked like he was like. He didn't know what he was really judging. He was like, <laughs> he felt so bad for one guy because he bombed. He's like, well, I'm gonna give that round to that guy. Yeah, just sometimes you're like, it's it is like, to bomb at a roast is such a bummer. It's such a bummer because it's not over. It's not gonna end. You got to keep going. Yeah. So. I love roasting. Roasting is really fun. 
Well, you have that uh, very acerbic uh, personality. I'm a and, well, but yeah, but you're, you're, you know, like you're a pretty assassin. Like you know, you don't. You look at you like just on the visual. You go, oh, this girl's really sweet and you know, kind of dainty. And but then you you know talk about the uh, you know the whole deal. Why did you just rub over the fupa area? Well, because that that's like you do a joke. What is it? You have a, a happy. What's uh, my happy trail that goes from my asshole to my unibrow? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, people would look at you and go, she's not going to say something like that. And you do. And it's funny. It's, uh, I mean, I like was just tweeting about this, like where it's like, who are these people that like believe like these people that are like pro themselves? They're like sociopaths. Well, that's me. You like yourself? I mean, yeah, I think, I'm. you know, there's worse people in the world. <laughs> I mean, if Hitler were alive, I would say there's worse people in the world than me. Yeah, but Hitler could work a crowd. I mean, you yeah, gotta give him that. Yeah, he was good. His mustache was cute and tight. He really took care of that. But I mean, he had a great stage presence. He just, you know, some of his ideas were a little overboard. Yeah, he went a little nuts. I mean, I've often said that uh, the Holocaust was really the first Bringer show. I mean, it's a lot of people. Yeah, but the Bringer show existed. So now you don't. Uh, what are your thoughts on? LA, speaking of bringer shows, do they do bringer shows in New York? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have bringer shows. I lucked out, man. I what I did was um, when I first started comedy, I quit drinking after my first open mic because I was like, I just wanted to do it so bad. Like I never, when I started comedy, there was never like a moment where it wasn't going to be my career. It was not a hobby. It was not a thing. I was like, one hundred percent. And I go up for my first open mic and eat it so fucking bad, just you know, obviously like stage fright, drop my notes, couldn't remember what I was going to say, just like blabbered up there, like probably blacked out the whole thing I just remember my face being all hot and then uh i went to the bar and this open micer just kept buying me drinks who i like really couldn't stand him i like i just kept being so mean to him i was like i fucking hate you was he trying to pick up on you yeah he was picking up on me and then he was also like he was being really like condescending which like in retrospect obviously if it's my first open mic and he's been doing open mics He's going to like want to lend advice. But to me, in my head, I was like already a comedian. I'm like, I'm already a comedian, even though I haven't done this. So I was, you know, and I was so drunk. I mean, I was such an alcohol. I was like such a nightmare. And um, so he was, you know, he was like, I oh, don't worry about it. We all have like rough. Se-. And I was like, fuck you. Maybe you do. You know, just like such a shitty piece of shit. And just like really hated him. And then, you know, like wake up in the morning on his air mattress, fully clothed, not even having fucked him, but just being so humiliated that i ended up there like just like how the fuck did this even happen and i remember like looking around his room and just being like i'm never drinking again like this is so annoying and i knew that like even though i hadn't slept with him like people were gonna think i slept with him oh yeah so um so and i knew that i couldn't sleep i knew in my head i was like you can't sleep with comics because then you'll just be that girl and they won't respect you so I quit drinking and then I go back to that mic the next week and the host is on stage and he goes, well, when that girl comes in, I was late. When that girl comes in, we'll have to retell that story. And I know it was, I know it was that story. Right. So it turns out he had gone on stage and made it seem like I sucked his dick, which is like, I mean, I had done nothing with him. I remember him like pulling his dick out and me being like, I fucking have hated you this whole time. I'm never going to stop hating you. And so I just waited till the end of the mic to go up. And I said, uh, I was like, you know, I had some jokes planned, but I just got one thing to say. I was like, you know, I've woken up on park benches bleeding. I used to wake up every morning and check to see if I still had my teeth. Um, I've woken up like not knowing where my clothes are, like in an arroyo. 
Um, I never considered quitting drinking until I woke up on your fucking air mattress and like <laughs> dropped the mic and like def jammed it out of there. But I, and I just was like, and then I was just, it was almost like I had like people against me. So then I had that to fight against. Right. I would have people for years go, oh, I remember you from cake shop. That was the open mic. Oh, weren't you at cake shop? I mean, obviously they are just fucking with me to like remind me. So I just like, I had like the fire and made to like show them that they were wrong. Now it's been four years since you've taken a drink. Six. And do you find, I mean, like, I've never touched anything, and I've never been tempted, but uh, we are in a business. Well, actually, you're in the business. I'm just trying to get <laughs> This is so sad. It really is. <laughs> this is an intervention to get This is, like, not even recording, is it? You just want friends? Listen, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't even know how to work this equipment. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it, it's a business where it's constant alcohol, c- cocaine, I see probably every night, yeah. marijuana. I mean, do you ever worry about like going over the edge maybe after a bad set or no because because since i like quit drinking after my first open mic it like i don't have a career with drinking so right i don't even consider it i don't even think about it do you go to meetings and stuff no i went to meetings like for the i did 90 and 90 which is like your first three months you go every day you go to 90 meetings in 90 days I did that, and then I started to find myself dealing with, like, all of my, um, like, authority issues, and I started to feel like AA was, like, this thing that I had to rebel against, and I was getting really worried that I was going to drink, so I didn't have to be in that anymore, and so I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to step away from this, and... um, and try to just not drink because I don't want to drink. Like, I had to make sure I, I was not drinking because... I wanted to, because I knew I had a problem and I didn't want to live that life anymore and not because I was trying to impress all of these people that I had become friends with. So I stepped away and then I, you know, I'll go every once in a while to a meeting, but just for whatever. I mean, I think it really helps people and I'm not like shitting on the program or anything, but it just, for me, it just, I I feel like I would have, I would have drank because you talk about drinking so much, you know, you just like talk about your stories and it's really hard. I mean, I want to remember and I don't want to like take it for granted my sobriety or anything, but it's just rough to like sit in those basements and just hear all the stories over and over again. It's like, I want to move on from my drinking and I, and it's been just so long. Like, like I I was thinking about recently how it was, it was, I, my big issue with drinking, like I would wake up from a blackout and I always, my phone would be broken in half my flip phone. Like I, there weren't iPhones when I drank. I don't think, or maybe well, there's like rich people had iPhones. You probably had. I one. had one. I had yeah, the first you and generation. Dean Del Rey had really awesome ones. <laughs> but um, like, it was like my Razor phone, and I mean, I really like. One time I woke up, um, I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico for seven years, and that's where I was just like real, a real shit show. And I was just like slut. I just like didn't like respect myself. I would just like fuck anyone. Like if really? anyone hit on me, yeah, Damn. I would just. Would you have slept with me? If I was drunk enough, I mean, I fucked oh. this one kid who was wore glasses without lenses in them. Like, I hated him so much. He was such a dork. And one night, I was just, he sat next to me at the bar, and I was like, ugh, this kid. And then he just stayed. And then I woke up the next morning, and I knew, I'm allergic to condoms, so I knew I'd had sex with him because he used a condom, and my fucking oh. shit was all hurt. And, uh, I mean, he didn't rape me or anything. I'm sure I was, like, for it or whatever um which is like so sad that i like did that and then i remember like going to like get up to like go to the bathroom to like wash off like the the shame and the fucking condom residue 
And I like get up and I tripped over his Crocs and I fell to the ground. I was just staring like, and the Crocs had like those like ornaments, you know how people have like the charms. And I was like, this is literally one of the worst experiences of my life. Just so humiliated. And then, um, I just always was doing shitty things. And then I always, I had a motor scooter. I had like a little Yamaha Zumo Vespa type thing. And I would just get so blackout drunk. That's like still my happy place being blackout drunk, driving a scooter. But I would drive it everywhere. And um, one night I just got super wasted. I was going, it was my friend's birthday. It was his 30th birthday. I was like 22 or three or something. And um, it was his birthday. And he was at this bar. And I was like, oh, it's your birthday. Buy me shots. So I was like getting super wasted. And then I was like, I'm going to suck your dick for your birthday. And he's like, all right, let's go over to this dude's house. And then I go to get on my scooter and they're like, you're not driving. And I'm like, you're right, bitches. Beep, beep. And then I like drove off. And then I woke up in the morning with my entire face like cut open. I had road rash all over my tits. Um, I like, almost lost a nipple. I had, there was like cuts all over like the front of my forearms. Right. Like I had fallen like with my arms like covering my chest or something. I just like didn't even, I mean, I was so drunk. And then so all I could remember was that I had, and my chin was like seriously split open. Like so much blood everywhere. My the dress I was wearing looked like someone had slit my throat, like it was just so bloody. And so before I went to the hospital, all I could remember was that I had like called. I knew that I knew I'd crashed my scooter. I didn't know where, and I knew someone had given me a ride home. Someone had driven me home, and my roommate um, was gonna drive me to the hospital. And I remembered that. In the middle of the night, I had called my dad. I had called my mom, my dad, and both of my brothers. And I'd been like, I'm an alcoholic. I need to go to rehab. I fucking fucked myself up. And they're like, should we call an ambulance? I kept saying no because I was going to go to jail. Right. Um, and I was like, no, I'm fine. And then I realized it was fucking Father's Day. And I had just like ruined my parents' life. I mean, they're like miles away. They can't do anything about it. I'm like screaming about rehab. So then the morning before I go to the hospital, I have to like do damage control and like call all of them and be like, never you know about last night about that rehab thing i was in a blackout disregard so then they didn't send me to rehab my brother was the only one that was like you're fucked up and then my mom was like you don't need rehab for drinking you need rehab for life which is not a real thing um but i didn't get to go to rehab i just ended up quitting after that open mic but i have like a scar on my chin from it and that was the second accident i had gotten and i had like a head wound from falling earlier that week i was like all fucked up so I fucked myself up a lot. I was like really bad. And I definitely, I think if I had kept drinking in New York, I would have fallen into the subway and been killed. Well, because New York strikes me, uh, the comics, uh, would they help you try and get out of your uh, funk or would they enjoy watching it? Like, watching me die? <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, out here, there's somewhat of a close-knit community if someone needs help there. You know. Yeah, you know, I don't know. My friends from New York are so, I'm so tight with them. I mean... I think the only difference is really like busting balls. I think that in LA sometimes like I'll like fuck with people and they take it very seriously. Like they really like feelings get hurt here, which is crazy. Cause I'm like, obviously I'm just kidding. Um, you know, whereas in New York, I think it's, it's way more ball busty. So even if it seems like those people are like shitty, I mean, they're, my friends are the meanest motherfuckers around, you know? Oh yeah. I like, love it. Uh, well, I, if, it goes back to like when we first met. I, I was, I just wasn't used to a girl, let alone anyone, talking to me like Thank that. Thank you for thinking I was a girl. Usually, people are like, "Dude, stop!" No, you, uh, you, you were just in all black, and I'm like, "Who's this girl?" 
And then I was like, fuck you, die. Well, pretty much for the most part. And I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I'm, I'm going to go uh, show my dick to the crowd. I know. He really does do that. That is real. But how do you think that act would go over at the cellar if I just uh, did that one night? Because I hear the cellar is the more uh, comedy, the most comedy story. I mean, honestly, I'm not past the cellar and I never like I would go sometimes with like Bonnie McFarlane or um, or Norton. And I always they have like the table in the back where you're like not supposed to sit unless you're past. And I never knew that and would just sit there. And now, like looking back, I'm like, oh, maybe that was like crazy that I did that. But I just don't have that. Um that like kiss ass like i i won't let people make me feel small right so how uh, do you do that you just stand up to them yeah i mean every once in a while i feel you know like people get me but um i just don't i don't know i have brother i just like won't put up with people i'm not gonna like i'm gonna treat people the same way they would treat me no matter who they are um but Bonnie was like, I love taking you there because you just sit down. I was like, is that I didn't even know that I didn't even like I wasn't even like acknowledging that that was a thing. I'm like, but what am I going to like go there and like sit at a table next to my friends? Right. I mean, not that I'm not friends with all the comedy seller people, but, you know, some of them are just like weird. But I mean, that's like, is that the one where everyone wants to like? I have. Yeah. No, I feel like when I moved out here, I abandoned like that dream that was like, you know, to be passed to the comedy seller and to be like, you know, um, just like performing there every night and hanging out with all those dudes, you know, Colin Quinn's. I mean, it's like great. It's amazing. Right. It's such an amazing place. Um, the camaraderie with the camaraderie with the comics is great. I mean, it's really like I living in New York was like the fucking best. I'm so glad I did it. I don't want to move back. Um, I definitely have had more opportunity out here, but I, you know, I look back on it sometimes and, and with a little bit of regret, like maybe I should have stuck it out. No, speaking of regret, other than doing this podcast, <laughs> no, I'm just I do appreciate you coming down. I know you're busy, and it's it's. Uh, I was getting my nails done. Well, but still, you, you got probably auditions to prepare for. Oh and God, I don't want to do pilot season anymore. I'm up for like, I'm up for this one talk show pilot, and if it gets picked up, I will be completely excluded from pilot season, which would be like true heaven. I mean, how do you deal with uh, the re- not rejection, but like when you especially being in recovery like like sometimes i have a hard time with you know not getting whatever how do you deal with like i like punch things i'll like hit myself i'm like crazy i i get so angry um i just panic i all of my scripts have been torn up have been torn to pieces i have to print out like extra sides because i will fucking tear them to fucking shreds i like bite them right i just get so fucking mad I can't stand it. I just hate auditioning. I think like I can act um, in the situation, but that feeling of like going in, like I know you're supposed to go into auditions and be like, oh, these people want me. They want me to be a fit. But I never, I'm always like, these people hate me. I have like, my friend's a therapist and she says that I have a imposter syndrome where I feel like I'm a fraud and like I get all these things out of luck and that people are going to are going to realize it one day. Right. That's the phone ringing, by the way. I thought I'd. I'm just. Pro- I can't believe someone's calling you. Who was it? Cleaning lady. No, I this feel like you hire topless cleaning ladies. Well, no, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not <laughs> saying that was a booty call from years past. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, listen, my mom told me one thing about. I'm going to stand for a while because I'm so old. Yeah. I got to. You got to stretch it out. Blood circulating. Uh, my mom told me one thing about sex: you make a girl come first, they always come back for more. And, uh, Did she really say that, or is that? Are you doing your stand-up? 
Oh, you want me to do some stand up? No, he's he so, is standing uh, up. Everybody's listening, which is probably just Dean Del Rey to make sure that you're doing worse than him. <laughs> um, I probably am. <laughs> I like the idea of you guys being like competitors against each other. I know you're not, but. I mean, he was actually showed me a lot about the uh, podcasting he's world. A nice dude. Ni- very nice so guy. So nice. Um, and, you know, has gone farther than anyone I've ever known given, uh, you know, I think he's only been doing stand-up like four or five yeah. years. So I've been doing it 15 and it's like, he blew past me. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I he's, uh, I guess you'd say an aggressive uh, marketer or whatever. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm too much of a pussy. I'm, I'm very yeah. shy. Well, he's got like a rock and metal background. Yeah, yeah. So he's got, I already had the stage presence, I yeah. guess. And, uh you know, he networked with the right people. And uh, that seems I mean, to be a lot of what it is these days is who you know versus... It's it's so different. Like, I this is what I feel like when I moved here. I feel like in New York, I felt very much like I was very proactive. Like, if, if I saw something... I mean, obviously, I don't know. I can't speak for you, but I feel like for me and all the comics I know, like jealousy is such a huge thing in this in this business like you it's so hard to not just get that like kick in the stomach when someone gets something or if you don't get something um so i feel like in new york when i would see someone get something and i'd be jealous of it i would just go oh logically what i need to do now is perform more write new material bust my ass like i always i i made sure i performed a little bit more than everyone else always like so i was like all right i'm working a little bit harder than everyone like i always felt like there's you know a million people are gonna say a million things oh she got this because of that or she's a girl or they're gonna like you know make up shit about me fucking people or whatever right and uh you know i never fucked anyone who could help me i've let open micers finger me well that's cool but i've never let i've never fucked anyone that is like in in any position of power can help me in any way and i just made sure i worked hard and so in new york that's rewarded new york if you work really hard and you really start to like your set really comes together. People are going to reward you. You're going to get all this, all the shows, everything right. you need. And out here, you just need TV credits. There, if you have a TV credit and you people think you suck on stage, you're not going to get any spots. You might get a couple. Right. But out here, it's like they just want you to have credits. And uh, so it's all about getting things more than it is about like being a great comic, I think. See that? Yeah, that's what I'm struggling with. Because people just get stuff. I mean, people just they again they like they network. They know the right people. It's not bad. I mean, I used to have a real like chip on my shoulder about. I think most New York people have about L.A. and be like, oh, it's so much more like actors doing this and that. And it's like, I think people L.A. comics are hilarious. Um, and whereas before I would I was just kind of like shut down about it. But people are funny, and it is more like relaxed out here. Like I feel a little more relaxed on stage. I'm not as stiff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's... Uh, I mean, it used to be more uh, camaraderie like five, six, seven years ago. Now it seems to be a little more... Then like, what happened? Cutthroat. Uh, I think Last Comic Standing uh, really uh, put it in everyone's head. All you need is like two minutes of comedy to get on TV. So yeah. So just, uh, you know, just an avalanche of people who shouldn't be doing comedy. Yeah, it is interesting... Uh how the credits really don't like people would always email me when they would see like from high school or middle school when they'd see me on Chelsea and they're like oh first of all they'd always say I always knew you would you would be a comedian or be successful which is not true I was like the fucking crying kid in the corner I was like Asperger's like if people touched me it made me cry I was like in the corner screaming having a hissy fit no one fucking thought shit was gonna happen um and then but then the second thing is like, oh, you're doing so well, like so proud of you. And then I always write them back and ask them for money. Right. I'm like, cool. Can I borrow 50 bucks? 
I know a lot of TV living in a car like that. Like, yeah, I just had one hit me up for a thousand bucks. Really, you? Because you're like, so rich. Well, no, I mean, I well, I, I wish I was as rich as people thought I was. Yeah, you know, uh, and it, it, this person's a very well-known comic, and he was like, she was asking me for rent. I was like, well, I've seen you on this, you were in this movie, you're in this TV show, and what do you do with your money? So. It's interesting. You really don't get paid that much. You really don't. I mean, the most money I've made is uh, like a commercial I did, and I wasn't even in the fucking. I just like moved something in it, and I just get, I get ch- like checks every once in a while, big yeah. chunks of money. Oh, those big fat residuals. It's I have no clue where it's playing or what it is for Aspen Dental. I don't even know what that is. Okay, I mean. Uh, I mean, I'm not in it. I'm not in it, and I'm just getting checks. For a while, they were going to my dad, which was pretty sweet. I'm like, look at me, dad. Now, both, uh, what, what's, uh, if you don't mind me asking, parents still alive? or My parents are alive. They just had their 45th wedding anniversary. They went to Applebee's. My boyfriend got them Applebee's gift cards for Christmas. And uh, it's just a big pile of white trash my whole life. <laughs> you have one brother, right? I have a twin brother and an older brother. Okay. And the, and did you uh, see the picture I posted with my twin brother? I today? did. We accidentally, I had this, I used to, when I was in Santa Fe, I was an assistant for this wedding photographer. And um, one time, and I dropped a $2,500 lens and broke it. She was like, just remember to zip the bag, zip the bag. And I was like, of course I'm going to zip the, bitch, chill. And then I didn't zip it and broke the lens. Uh, but so, this is before she, I ruined her fucking lens. She was like, oh, ha- your brother's in town? Come take pictures of them. And then I realized she just takes like engagement and wedding pictures. So she's like gazed into each other's eyes. We're just like romantically looking at each other in all of the pictures. Well, you do t- t- photograph very well that uh, I think the on your the lead picture on your website. It's like, wow, that's like, you know, whoever, you know. Worked. Mindy Tucker, my best friend, one of my best friends is a great photographer in New York. She takes all the New York uh, comedy pictures. It's, uh, she, yeah. has a, she has a... Uh, a book i think it's a book this year she does like um a year in comedy and a year in new york comedy and it's just like portrait she's so good it's amazing everyone like every new york comic has a mindy tucker profile pic well she's the best who does your work out here do you have a headshot person no i did headshots when i first came out here for my commercial agents and i did like four hours with this dude and I thought I was killing it. I thought I was like being super expressive and gave him a bunch of different looks. And at the end of it, he asked me if I had ever been, if anyone had ever thought I was on the spectrum for autism. <laughs> and I was like, in fact, yes, sir. <laughs> and all the pictures looked the same. I mean, it was so shitty. Yeah, but I, mean, I hate getting my fucking headshots. But I imagine at this point now, you don't even need it. I mean, you're uh, known enough where it's like. Uh, you don't really need them. Uh, I mean, I think that you are romanticizing my career. Well, I mean, anyone's career is going to look like, you know. Look at you. You got this big couch. You got all these trophies that you put out for people to have to see that you were good at something once. My ball hockey trophies. What is that? Uh, it's just this, it's the only non-comedy thing I do. I play in this ball hockey league. What is ball league. hockey? It's uh you play on a a, a, a roller rink. It's a, on cement. Oh, you use uh. Roller but you're blades. on feet, so it's harder. Oh, but so. why do they have uh roller roller? They have ice skates. Well, it's just you know a generic. Trophy. Oh my god, they don't like your sport is so shitty. And here's a picture of me as a blonde with the singer from Rat. What do you think of that look? That's cool. <laughs> You're a good actor. Look actress. like um, Drew Carey. 
Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, in uh, someone said I look like the guy from Green Day, but oh, uh, really, Trey? Billy Joe? I don't. I'm a. You don't 80s. look like Billy Joe. Joe, you look like Trey. Although once I almost got a hand job at uh, a No Doubt concert because this uh, pack of fifteen year olds thought I was the guy from Weezer. So, you know. Were you sixteen? No, I was probably thirty at the time. Did you take it, you fucking pervert? I mean, you know, let's just say the girls got a crash course in the industry. You're like, you're not just a girl. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was a big Weezer fan, so that was a no doubt joke. Well, I see. I don't know, no doubt. So there's a song about that's I'm I'm, I'm just a girl. Just a girl, yeah. right? See, I know what time it is. So well, maybe you and I could. Uh, no. You know, work on a project no. or something. We have this vibe. I'm not like. I mean, isn't this so ridiculous? But I mean, we're let's see how long. I'm good. You know, most of these get boring after about a half hour. I'm good. <laughs> we are at an hour. We are already at an hour. I mean, this time has just flown by. It's so hot in here. It is hot. I do apologize for that. Daddy is working on the AC. Uh, Ew. You know, a new AC is like 10 grand. So what I'm hoping to do is... Have another relative die so you have some money? Yeah, I'm waiting for a callback on Kilborn from 07. I'm oh, yeah, no. What happened? Did you have an audition? I have a lot of auditions. Didn't you have a callback? I did have a callback for a John Stamos yogurt commercial. Oh, really? What happened? Did you get it? And I was the uh, I was put on a veils, which means it's down between, you know, uh, for you guys and girls listening. It's when you're put on a veils for a commercial, you're uh, the, the top two choices. And uh, they went with the other guy. Ugh, I hate that. that happened to me with a with a TV show that's going to be so good on FX. Doesn't that suck? Oh, my God. I was so close. I was like, I've never had such an amazing audition process. Like I had never it was my first pilot season. Like I'd gone up maybe for one pilot before. And I mean, in my head, I never even imagined that I would ever like possibly be on a pilot. Um, and then they needed me to send in a tape and or they needed me to come in for an audition. and I was going to be out of town. So I had to send in a tape. So I sent in like obviously the perfect. I did it like 28 times. And so I sent him in like the perfect one. Like what kind of tape? Like a stand up tape? Or no, a tape of the they sent me the sides. Oh, okay. Me reading the sides. So I sent her like, she's great. We love her. Bring her. I'm like, what? Like, I've never even imagined they would even be there. Just be like, who's this fucking fat boy with glasses? And um, so then I like go in. It was like Larry. Char- it was like all these people from like Seinfeld and Arrested Development. It was like crazy. Like Josh Gad was there. It was like so insane. Now who's that? I don't know who that is. Josh yeah. Gad. I don't know who that is. Oh, he was uh, he was the original guy from the Book of Mormon. Oh, okay. And he was in 1600 Pen. And he was in for one of the voices. He was the, I think he was the um, snowman in Frozen. Okay. I thought you were going to say the snowman in uh, Wizard of Oz, but that was the Tin Man. My bad. And that was in 1941. But you just want someone to be older than you. Well, me and your dad probably dated the same chicks. My mom. So, well, it's possible. Uh, She looks like Bieber. Are you into Bieber? Justin? Uh, Not really. She's got his haircut from like two years ago. So what happened with the pipe? Sorry. Oh, no, I just like it was just such a fucking great. I was like, this is so crazy. And I just kept getting more like they kept calling me back again. And then I would like go in and meet with the producers. And they're like, this is great. Just like we just want you to do this little twerk. And they're like, this is awesome. And then I like went and improvised with Billy Crystal. My test was improvising with Billy Crystal. And it was like truly the most fun. And I was like making the room. I mean, I've just never felt like so good. I was like, holy shit. In my original like audition, I somehow started talking about the time I saw Requiem for a Dream in the movie theater with my dad. Right. I was like talking about like watching the ass to ass scene next to my dad and they were like loving the story. I'm like, how is this like even happening right now? And then, um, and then 
they went to another girl. <laughs> That's all good. I mean, but it was so close. I was like, and then pilot season was like, I was like, oh, well, it'll be good. I'll just like get a bunch of other callbacks. <laughs> I just like bombed everything after that. I highly doubt that. I mean, it's a crazy business, man. You you don't know why uh, certain people get certain things, and I mean, it's all good. There's a million parts. Yeah, but you have a great. You're you're in it to win it. I mean, you you got a great look and and your attitude. That's what they said in Montreal after I bombed. People are like, don't worry, you got a good look. Well, you do. <laughs> and I was like, who cares about my looks? Like you're like a younger Sarah Silverman to me. Like you, you talk about things that like most pretty girls don't, and I think guys like me love that, and and girls probably dig it too. So that's like, you you know, it's win win. Yeah. Well, I try to do more than just gross you out. Well, oh yeah, you're more than just dirty jokes, uh, you know. But all right. Am I Earl? I think you are. You're a winner. And I have a feeling this podcast is gonna blow up. You know, one tweet from you to your <laughs> legions of fans. I will not tweet this. You have to. It's I the refuse. only way it's going to get listens. <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, I think, been uh, uh innovative podcast. We've gotten to break down the walls. Yeah, it's been great. So maybe it'll get me some uh, some new followers that aren't going to just my glasses off my face. Well, I'll pr- yeah, I mean, I love Opie and Anthony. Uh, Norton, I used to sneak him into Motorhead because my uh, ex-girlfriend manages them and he would always uh, ask me to hook him up and uh, to see, like, you wouldn't think he acted like a kid every time I took him backstage yeah. to Motorhead. Cause, he uh, gets real starstruck. Yeah, and he was like, Earl. It's funny. Can, and like, I was nervous because like, I was a fan of his. So right. I'm like, here I have someone I look up to like tugging on my shirt can i go meet lemmy now and yeah it's like what it was neat to see someone uh like be a fan of it like, yeah he was like a he wasn't a comic he was just like a like a normal person yeah he doesn't have the ego that so many people get yeah like him and like jeff ross is another guy uh nice dude who uh like we talk more about kiss and like stuff like that then yeah we do comedy which is probably why i don't make it because i'm too busy wanting to talk about my love of kiss maybe that should be more of your set well you know i gotta get up uh you know i played an outdoor patio last night i'm just do you open to, for people on the road just rob schneider rob? usually and uh, which is like you know great yeah but, and then uh let me see. Uh, yeah, that's about. It. I mean, it's hard out here. I don't know why. It's just like it's so it's so different out here. It's like um, maybe you should run your own show. You know, I I did that for a while, and uh, like uh, I don't know. I I, I don't want to be. Uh, it's too much of a headache to. It like, is. Yeah. If it was like dealing with people like you and like uh, I don't know, Ian Bag and uh, people I respected, I wouldn't mind it. But you know to to uh, like uh, the show I was on last night that so many comics were kind of like having an attitude of oh I don't I want to go next I don't want to wait and it's like well then you know get you know be funnier than the people who are yeah. going on how like amazing would it be to be like one of the dudes the like three dudes in this town that can just roll in and go up whenever the fuck they want. Not just dudes. I mean, I'm just saying. People. Oh, girl. I mean, yeah. Whitney, uh, Delia. I mean, just roll the fuck in. We're like, oh shit, it sucks when you're like about to go up and you're like, oh no. But I can't. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. I I don't mind it from the standpoint of if I was in their shoes, I I wouldn't. I would do it too. You As know? much shit that I would want to talk on that. My, I was talking to my friend about it. I was like, you know, it sucks, and he's like. He's like, that's why you do all the other shit. Like, you do it so you can get to that point where you can do that. You got to be respectful, but you don't want to fuck people over. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's but, um, uh, certain comics who abuse the privilege and, uh, you know, who, like, hog up a bunch of stage time when they're not really even working on anything. It's yeah. like, well, you knew someone like you was waiting to go on or uh, whoever. It's funny that Tommy was, like, the only one left that would just, like, not kiss certain people's ass. That I did kind of like about him. Like, well, he didn't know. Like, he didn't have, like, a... He didn't know who... He was just going off weird shit. I mean, you know, I think one time the... Uh, well, he told Rob Schneider. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Rob went up, did well. You know, people are like, oh, my God, it's Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the animal. It's the hot chick. It's yeah. the, the copy machine guy. And, you know, Rob talked to him after, and Tommy basically told him to come on the amateur nights. Oh, it's so funny. And it's like... Uh, this, do you know if you put his name up on the marquee, it's an instant sellout? And I don't think Tommy cared. Yeah. Which I, you know, I don't know. I kind of. It's kind of cool. I mean, I'm telling you again, like I honestly was on the side of of someone who, I mean, he passed me. If he hadn't, I wouldn't. I mean, my loyalties weren't that deep. I mean, my well, loyalties were just like, thank God that I got this fucking treatment. Oh, you listen. I mean, I wish. I mean, he- it's great to know. You know, it's great to know that I always, I always have a place and I have a spot, and 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 it was really good when I first moved out here to hang out. Um, I don't hang out there that much anymore because I. You're working. Yeah, I got shit to do, but. I'm there a lot. People give me shit. Like, I called him my avails the other day, and the dude's like, "Where have you been? Would you get a boyfriend?" I'm like, "One, I've had a boyfriend, and two, like, what are you talking about?" Was it Josh Martin? It wasn't Josh Martin because uh-huh. it would have been a boyfriend. Josh is a good man Uh, I respect him a lot I mean to be a comic With a speech impediment (laughs) And to do it at the comedy I mean I would say the comedy store is his home club Yeah for sure I mean I hear the cellar is like a ball busting club But I mean the comedy store out here Is probably uh, Of the clubs The Improv, Laugh Factory, Ice Mm -hmm. House Hermosa is definitely the most ball busting Yeah So I, I, I do respect him for that the fucking comedy store is so crazy. It's so fun. I mean, he did the roast battle one yeah. night. And it was like, you know, he was a little nervous, I think. So he kind of stumbled over his first line and then just the animals attacked. But then he got the whole crowd back. Yeah. He's got a a good amount of hatred in him. Yeah. Works. Well, I get I mean, you know, he lives a rough life. I mean, I'm sure, uh, I don't know if like he's got his like speech thing and, you know, I have a big head. Yeah. I don't know. What I have you, a big head. I have mine, no tits and a big head. But mine's huge. Um, mine's I'm. It's great. I can't. I've never been able to take a picture with boyfriends because my head is so big. See, to me, your head looks normal, but that I'm comparing it to my head. I, I mean, can't wear crazy. hats. My boyfriend has like a small head. It looks ridiculous. We look so stupid together. Yeah, but you. Uh, now, is it hard uh, to date someone who's uh, in the comedy business but well, it's you better because he understands it you know it's not like he doesn't like get it it's just hard to date when you're a comedian like i i've made sure for so long i mean i had a boyfriend for a year out here or back in new york who i hope is dead like really truly i hope he's fucking floating in a fucking river he's fat enough here he looks bloated just need to get him in there but, but how um, do you really feel about i really him? fucking hope diabetes takes him limb by fucking limb he's a fucking piece of shit now can but, i hold on before i don't want this is gold here let's not uh uh can may i ask uh why that just a bad breakup he was no the breakup was the best part um <laughs> he was horrible to my family super mean oh, to my family that's so, good. so it made my mom cry two times i mean it's like crazy i mean i'm so embarrassed that i you know say to them hi you're really cute 
Well, she's talking to Lois, by the way, not me. Uh, not at all. Uh, Lois was, uh, I picked her up at uh, Michael Vick's ranch, 12 and 0. So oh, look at you. Now mater- you get to be a bit. Popped in some material there. Yeah, just throw on it in a, there. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give that joke? Uh, I mean, I just turned off the minute I heard you go into your joke cadence. I just completely stopped listening. Hey, what? <laughs> it's such a nightmare when people do that, isn't it? You oh, just feel so uncomfortable. I don't do that. I do. I mean, sometimes I go, I have a bit that I'm working on. Like, if it, if it comes into conversation, I just want to talk to people. I mean, that's why I love, like, okay, so, like, Nate Bergazzi is one of my fr- my good friends from New York who's out here now. Do you know him? I know the name, but he's I don't truly know. like the funny. I mean, watch him. He's like squeaky clean, but you won't even notice he's being clean. Right. Because he's so fucking good. Um, but he's, it's like great that you, like, I have people that I can be like, what do you, I can like run shit by him. And he's not gonna, he's great. He's but the best. Now, do, do people out here, who does it more, New York or LA, where they just try and talk to you like this, but slip in their jokes? Here. Which is like a huge, for you guys listening out there, it's the worst to go up to a, a comic and act like you're talking about something innocuous. See, that's a big word for me. And uh, you're really just trying your material out. I mean, I was a waitress. Like, just get a waitressing job. Just do that. Like, just fucking make your your customers suffer through your fucking jokes. I got like a big, I used to do a, a really shitty show when I first started at this restaurant, Life Cafe I worked at. And I got like such a big mailing list from it because I would just wait on tables and they'd be like, you're funny. I'm like, actually, I'm a comedian. Put, give me your email. <laughs> and then, uh, and then so I was able to like, I got a better show later on and I had all those people come. It was fun. I mean, you were on the ground, ground root, grassroots of, exactly. uh, you know, marketing. It's so fun. I mean, you just like. It's it's so like this. I think it's more frustrating out here because I think it happens more out here where you you see people who like don't work that hard, get and then things. they just get like crazy things and they're just blown up and then they have all this opportunity. I mean, yeah. I mean, I saw who got Montreal this year. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, so hard. And it's so like, it, and I know I've already done Montreal, and so it's like fine. It's like, but it doesn't. You don't need to get Montreal to like succeed, you know. But uh, you know, it's easier for me to say because I already did it. But it. You know, again, it was a real like crazy experience for me. I really didn't have fun. It was like so much pressure and to go unrepped and like not have anyone like taking care of you. And like it was just so hard. I mean, I got in so many fights. I mean, I feel like I'm still rebuilding bridges with people. I mean, I really f- kind of fucked up out there. But I, I mean, was honest. I didn't know you were supposed to lie about things. Yeah, I didn't know. Like this was my first experience with like like industry and people from L.A. and like that type of thing. I didn't realize that you're just supposed to be like super fucking grateful and like so like ass kissy about everything i thought when people asked you how the show was you're supposed to say it sucked oh not out here i didn't know that though oh great like job. when agencies were like were like courting me and after i bombed they're coming out and they're like here are all these networks we want to introduce you you were so you killed and i'm like i just bombed like can you guys give me a second well. you know and then guess what didn't didn't leave with an agent <laughs> yeah but you're doing all right yeah all right, well, my goal with each guest, Annie, mm-hmm. is to make them want to come back for more, like the rat song says. So, yeah, Isn't I mean, that, wasn't that your mom's advice? No, uh, well, yeah. And listen, I won't say every girl's come back Ugh. for more, but most have. I mean, do you guys know what Earl looks like? He's like a ridiculous human being. His glasses are giant, he always has his dick out. How, what do you think of this look? It's weird. Can you see? No. And I love it. Go drive. I, I mean, Go take listen, a drive. Let me hold on to your glasses. I'm going to teach you a little bit. We're going to sign off on, Ugh. you know, I might be, 
I'm stealing a line right now from the great Ric Flair. Do you know? Please tell me you know who Ric Flair is. Legendary is pro wrestler. Oh, sorry. He's an old guy like me. And he says, me and him are like Space Mountain at Disneyland. We might be the oldest ride in the park, but we got the longest line. So where can we find you next, Annie? Not here. <laughs> you will come back. You will come back. I would come back. I also lost I lost my Fitbit on Space Mountain, so it's a sore subject. Okay, sorry about that. Well, listen. Um, Where can you find me next? You got a special coming Girl out. Girl Code premieres on the first. What channel? It's on MTV. Um, hopefully my, my other show will be picked up. <laughs> and you can't say what it is right now because. I mean, I can. It's a pilot for E. I mean, a lot of people have them. Oh, that's cool. It's free. They're trying to fill a couple slots. And uh, R.I.P. Joan Rivers and. And Twitter. Can you now, can you spit, you know, get, do that whole spiel? It's, yeah, it's my name. It's at Annie Letterman. So that's spelled A-N-N-I-E-L-E-D-E-R-M-A-N. If you can't remember that, it's like David Letterman, but no T's, one D. So you can just think Tranny Annie, no T's, one D. And listen, guys, Annie's the real deal. She didn't have to come down here. I appreciate her time. So let's take, let's, it's my goal to make this the number one episode ever. Ugh, it wasn't funny or fun. Sorry, guys. But it was informative. I was a drunk. This podcast, Annie, is like my humor. Not a lot of laughter, but we get some informative uh, stuff. And you just kidnap one person to make them listen to it? And now I'm going to hit you over the head uh. and imagine what your head would look like on a stick. What is that from? It's an American Psycho, Christian Bale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I get it. That's why you did the little lisp at the end. Yeah. So, Annie, you're the best. Seriously, uh, guys, follow Annie. She needs more followers. Yeah, follow my Instagram. It's fine. And, and tweet to her how much you like the show, and she'll favorite and retweet it. I mean, that's how it works. Mm -mm. Who retweets compliments, by the way? Who are these people? I do. Shit? And well, I know when you've um, you've only done it once. Well, you know, I like you got to get appear active on social media. I mean, Facebook you is You can't retweet. You're retweeting compliments to people who already follow you. Yeah, but it gets a buzz going. Oh god, it's so horrible. So, Annie Letterman's the best. This has been inappropriate Earl. Later dudes. We're on SoundCloud. And for you Steve Job nut swingers, we're also on iTunes. Leave a review, favorite, you know, make daddy famous before he's oh, 50. Oh, God, you guys seriously don't let him say daddy. Seriously. Annie, Annie, I think one day when I'm successful uh, will not take my calls. So thank you guys for the love and support. Annie's the best. See her at the Comedy Store, Improv, Laugh Factory, Ice House, Hermosa. She's a real comer. Follow her. Love her. Learn it, live it. R.I.P. Joan Rivers, uh, Ray Rice, you're out of control. And uh, this Missy is Robin. Yeah, this is 9/11. This is a special 9/11. Oh, yeah, 9/11. 9/11. Now, before you go, you're standing up, getting ready to leave because I was wrapping up. Any thoughts on 9/11? Were you in New York? You want to know what's fucked up? I wasn't. I was in. I was in Santa Fe. I was my first year of college, but I um. It's the anniversary of me joining Twitter. Like I had, I thought I had such a good 9/11 joke that I joined Twitter one year. What was the joke? It Let's was leave it. This is how we're leaving 9/11, 9/11 joke by Annie. Letterman. Okay, I I signed up for Twitter like three or four years ago for this joke. Um, today is the perfect day to have a memory foam mattress because it never forgets.
<laughs> sorry for all of the fallen heroes and uh i'm a monster so and that's why she's on the show because she knows how to close out in style <laughs> guys this will be out tonight thank you very much and uh come back for more <laughs> <laughs>